Today is Tuesday, June 7th, 2022. This is The Link in KY Daily Headlines podcast. I'm Matt Spaulding, and these are the stories we're following today. Following the death of a nine-year-old boy who wandered away from the children's home of Northern Kentucky on Saturday, Covington police continue to seek physical and video evidence of the events preceding the discovery of Ian Seuss's body in the Ohio River. The boy was reported missing on Saturday and was later found dead in the Ohio River near Villa Hills Marina. Covington police are handling the missing persons investigation, while Villa Hills police are handling the death investigation. Police have some video evidence in their possession now, Covington Police Lieutenant Colonel Brian Valenti said Monday in a news release. There is video from the Northern Kentucky Children's Home that shows Ian running away and then a staff member running after him 13 seconds later, Valenti wrote in the release. It is believed that Ian left the grounds, entered the woods, and traveled in a northerly direction toward the river. Valenti said investigators located additional video from a doorbell camera at a home close to the river, which he said shows Seuss's running toward the river. At that time, he was by himself with no one else in the range of the camera or anyone following him for some time afterward, Valenti wrote in the release. When Covington police notified the public that Seuss's was missing, they noted that the boy, who had autism, had walked away from the facility before, but he was usually found in the riverfront fast food area of Covington. The investigation is ongoing, and anyone with information is asked to call Detective Greg Andrews at 859-292-2271. Schools brace for hunger gap as federal waiver expires reported on by Caitlin Gebby. School districts are bracing for an increase in hungry students as the sun sets on a waiver that has provided free meals for the last two years. In March 2020, the federal government granted a series of waivers that made meals free, allowed schools to deliver them in creative ways during extended closures due to COVID-19 cases, and meant parents could be reimbursed when schools couldn't deliver those meals. The extension granted an additional 10 million children with access to food, according to the U.S. Department of Agriculture. The USDA reports that more than 30 million children have benefited from expanded access to food at their schools. At least 10 of the 29 public schools in Boone County are Title I schools, meaning a majority of local students have been receiving free meals for the first time. Now, those programs are at risk. The waivers are due to expire June 30th amid rising food costs, a critical baby formula shortage, and record fuel prices. The Board of Education for Walton Verona Independent School District recently heard from Finance Director Kevin Ryan, who said the change in who pays for meals is a blind spot in next year's budget. The only thing that concerns me as far as the budget for next year is food service, Ryan said. The free lunch for all program has effectively ended unless there is a change by the federal legislators. Nobody thinks that's going to happen, so our revenues are going to be down. Our expenses are also going to be down. We just don't know what that's going to look like. He said gauging the public reaction is difficult. He speculated that participation might be higher than expected in the paid program because more students have been eating the school-provided food. He also said it's possible that moving back to paid lunches will generate a knee-jerk reaction among parents who don't want to or can't pay for the meals. A 2021 report from the Education Data Initiative shows more than 75% of surveyed schools in the U.S. have student meal debt. In Kentucky, the average lunch debt per student is $168.43. 
and the report shows more than 37,330 students in Kentucky are food insecure and ineligible for benefits that may help them. Each year, the USDA Division of Food and Nutrition Services establishes income eligibility guidelines. For the 2022-23 school year, a family of four must earn less than $51,338 annually for meals at a discounted price and less than $36,075 for free meals. Usually, families have a 30-day grace period after the beginning of the year to renew their free and reduced lunch application, but the caveat is that the district hasn't been receiving applications for the last two years, Ryan said. That means everyone wishing to receive the benefit has to apply before the start of the school year. Over the summer, school districts will be communicating with parents what qualifies them for free or reduced lunch and how to apply. Man sentenced to 20 years on 69 counts of possessing child pornography, reported on by Link NKY staff. Warning, this story contains language that some might find disturbing. An independence man was sentenced to 20 years in prison on Monday following his April guilty plea to 69 counts of possession of child pornography and one count of tampering with physical evidence. Emmanuel Curry, 21, received the maximum sentence of two decades behind bars. Kentucky caps sentences for convictions on Class C and D felonies at 20 years. He must serve the greater of 20% of his sentence or until he completes Kentucky's Sexual Offender Treatment Program before being eligible for parole, Kenton County Commonwealth's attorney Rob Sanders said in a news release. Assistant Commonwealth Attorney Emily Arnzen called the case horrific and said that some of the images found in Curry's possession included sexual abuse of infants so young that they still had hospital bracelets on. Others included female genital mutilation. I prosecute monsters every day and have seen some horrific evidence over the years, but I've never seen anything this sick and twisted, Arnzen said. Kenton County Circuit Judge Kate Malloy agreed with a prosecutor's recommendation of the maximum sentence. Arnzen said that she refused to make any plea offer to Curry, instead offering him the opportunity to take his chances with a judge or a jury. Curry entered an open plea to all charges. It's unfortunate Kentucky law caps the possible sentence for possessing child porn at 20 years because he deserves far more, Arnzen said. Curry was arrested on February 17, 2021, after Kenton County Police executed a search warrant at his home on McCollum Pike. When police arrived, Curry threw his cell phone out the window, hoping police would not find it. The phone was later located with 69 files containing the illegal images. The police investigation began after Detective Brian Jones received a tip from the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, NCMEC, alerting him to someone at an IP address in Kenton County who was using known images of child pornography to search for additional images of child pornography. The process is commonly referred to as a reverse image search. The Bing search engine recognized the search image from its hash value as an image known to depict the sexual abuse of a child between two and four years old. When Jones and the other Kenton County police detectives went to the residence where the IP address was registered, they found it was occupied by Curry and Curry's father. Detectives seized all the electronics from the residence, but did not make an arrest because they had not determined which man was responsible. Shortly after detectives returned to the police station, Curry's father brought Emmanuel Curry in. The father told police that his son had confessed to downloading the child pornography after police left the scene. How to run as a write-in candidate, reported on by Mark Payne. 
Running for political office involves meeting registration deadlines, registering with the Kentucky Registry for Election Finance, KREF, raising campaign funds, and then, of course, trying to get the votes to win. While most people file with a political party or as an independent, some candidates opt to be write-in candidates, meaning that their name does not appear on the physical ballot and that any votes for them must have their name physically written on them by voters. The rules for write-in candidates are different from traditional candidates, but they must still follow some important guidelines. The deadline to file as a write-in candidate is October 28th, said Michonne Lindstrom, Communications Director for Secretary of State Michael Adams. Candidates for statewide office, congressional seats, or judicial seats will file with our office. Local candidates file with the county clerk, Lindstrom said. The deadline to register as a traditional non-write-in candidate was January 25th for partisan races or campaigns that could require a primary. The deadline for non-primary and non-partisan elections, like some city councils and all boards of education, is Tuesday, June 7th. Would-be write-in candidates can't simply run and be write-in candidates. They have to follow the rules, which differ by state. There are currently three additional candidates registered as write-in candidates in Kentucky, but none of them are in Northern Kentucky. Write-in votes shall be counted only for candidates for election to office who have filed a declaration of intent to be a write-in candidate with the Secretary of State or County Clerk, depending on the office being sought on or before the fourth Friday in October, preceding the date of the regular election and not later than the second Friday before the date of a special election, the Kentucky statute reads. If a write-in candidate plans to raise money, they must file with KREF, just like a candidate running for a political party. They must also make sure to still meet the guidelines to run for specific seats. Anyone that meets the eligibility for the seat can file as a write-in, Lindstrom said. Why do people vote for write-in candidates? In most cases, it comes down to the popularity of the candidates. Ahead of the 2016 election, the Washington Post noted that write-in votes had increased fivefold since 1984. The article also stated that because state law varies, write-in candidates typically do better on the local or state level. In 2018, the write-in votes led to a tie for the Crescent Springs City Council. Both candidates received 79 write-in votes. This led to a coin toss between Patrick Hackett and Janine Bell-Smith to determine who won the sixth seat. Hackett ultimately won the seat after Sheriff Chuck Cornsenborn tossed the coin. No other races were impacted by write-in candidates. The Peach Truck, making its summer return to Northern Kentucky, reported on by Kenton Hornbeck. Nashville-based fruit delivery service The Peach Truck is returning to Northern Kentucky this summer. The Peach Truck will be located in Northern Kentucky for five days throughout the summer months of June, July, and August. Customers will be able to choose from three product offerings, a 25-pound box of peaches for $50, a 10-ounce bag of pecans for $15, or a combination package with two boxes of peaches and two bags of pecans for $110. The peaches need to be ordered ahead of time at www.thepeachtruck.com. From there, customers can select a time frame where they can pick up their orders at the Northern Kentucky locations listed below. June 18th, Latonia Commerce Center on Winston Avenue in Covington. June 19th, Menards on Apex Lane in Florence. June 17th, also at Menards in Florence. June 19th, Latonia Commerce Center on Winston Avenue in Covington. And August 4th, at Menards again on Apex Lane in Florence. 
And those are the headlines we're following for Tuesday, June 7th, 2022. The Link NKY Daily Headlines podcast and all Link NKY podcasts are available through Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and LinkNKY.com. Feel free to subscribe and tell a friend. And for more on today's headlines and to see what else is happening in Northern Kentucky, please visit LinkNKY.com.